Today is the second day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today. Great to be here with you every day. Glad that we can be together. Glad that we have a place to be together here around the global campfire. Glad that we can take this next step forward. And so let's dive in. That puts us back in the book of Exodus. God has just done an impossible thing by allowing his people to walk through the sea and doing away with Israel's enemies. And so now they're on the other side of the Red Sea, but they're out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Today, Exodus chapter 15, verse 19 through 17, verse 7. For the horses of Pharaoh came with his chariots and with his footmen into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea on them. But the Israelites walked on dry land in the middle of the sea. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a hand drum in her hand, and all the women went out after her with hand drums and with dances. Miriam sang in response to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Then Moses led Israel to journey away from the Red Sea. They went out to the wilderness of Shur, walked for three days into the wilderness and found no water. Then they came to Marah, but they were not able to drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. That is why its name was Marah. So the people murmured against Moses saying, What can we drink? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When Moses threw it into the water, the water became safe to drink. There the Lord made for them a binding ordinance, and there he tested them. He said, If you will diligently obey the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, and pay attention to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, then all the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians I will not bring on you. For I, the Lord, am your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve wells of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there by the water. When they journeyed from Elim, the entire company of Israelites came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their exodus from the land of Egypt. The entire company of Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out and gather the amount for each day so that I may test them. Will they walk in my law or not? On the sixth day, they will prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather every other day. Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your murmuring against the Lord. As for us... What are we that you should murmur against us? Moses said, 
You will know this when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread in the morning to satisfy you, because the Lord has heard your murmurings that you are murmuring against Him. As for us, what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Tell the whole community of the Israelites, Come before the Lord, because He has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the whole community of the Israelites, and they looked toward the wilderness, there the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the murmurings of the Israelites. Tell them, during the evening you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be satisfied with bread, so that you may know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening the quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning a layer of dew was all around the camp. When the layer of dew had evaporated, there on the surface of the wilderness was a thin flaky substance, thin like frost on the earth. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Because they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you for food. This is what the Lord has commanded. Each person is to gather from it what he can eat. An omer per person, according to the number of your people. Each one will pick it up for whoever lives in his tent. The Israelites did so, and they gathered, some more, some less. When they measured with an omer, the one who gathered much had nothing left over, and the one who gathered little lacked nothing. Each one had gathered what he could eat. Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some kept part of it until morning, and it was full of worms and began to stink. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it each morning, each person according to what he could eat. And when the sun got hot, it would melt. And on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, two omers per person. And all the leaders of the community came and told Moses. He said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a time of cessation from work, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Whatever you want to bake, bake today. Whatever you want to boil, boil today. Whatever is left, put aside for yourselves to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until the morning, just as Moses had commanded. And it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the area. Six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. On the seventh day some of the people went out to gather it, but they found nothing. So the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to obey my commandments and my instructions? See, because the Lord has given you the Sabbath, that is why he is giving you food for two days on the sixth day. Each of you stay where you are. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed and was white, and it tasted like wafers with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for generations to come so that they may see the food I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out from the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put it in an omer full of manna 
and place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. Just as the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the Ark of the Testimony for safekeeping. Now the Israelites ate manna forty years until they came to a land that was inhabited. They ate manna until they came into the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. The whole community of the Israelites traveled on their journey from the wilderness of Sin according to the Lord's instruction, and they pitched camp in Rephidim. Now there was no water for the people to drink, so the people contended with Moses, and they said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people were very thirsty there for water, and they murmured against Moses and said, Why in the world did you bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What will I do with this people? A little more and they will stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go over before the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will be standing before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you will strike the rock, and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. And Moses did so in plain view of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massah in Meribah because of the contending of the Israelites and because of their testing of the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Matthew 22, 1-33 Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to summon those who had been invited to the banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, the feast I have prepared for you is ready. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they were indifferent and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest seized his slaves insolently mistreated them and killed them. The king was furious. He sent his soldiers and they put those murderers to death and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but the ones who had been invited were not worthy. So go into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. And those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all they found, both bad and good and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the wedding guests, he saw a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But he had nothing to say. Then the king said to his attendants, Tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. When the Pharisees went out and planned together to entrap him with his own words, they sent to him their disciples along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You do not court anyone's favor because you show no partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? 
Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus realized their evil intentions and said, Hypocrites, why are you testing me? Show me the coin used for the tax. So they brought him a denarius. Jesus said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. He said to them, Then give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Now when they heard this, they were stunned, and they left him and went away. The same day, Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and father children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The second did the same and the third down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they had all married her. Jesus answered them, You are deceived because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were amazed at his teaching. Psalm 27, 1-6 by David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I fear no one. The Lord protects my life. I am afraid of no one. When evil men attack me to devour my flesh, when my adversaries and enemies attack me, they stumble and fall. Even when an army is deployed against me, I do not fear. Even when war is imminent, I remain confident. I have asked the Lord for one thing. This is what I desire. I want to live in the Lord's house all the days of my life so I can gaze at the splendor of the Lord and contemplate in His temple. He will surely give me shelter in the day of danger. He will hide me in His home. He will place me on an inaccessible rocky summit. Now I will triumph over my enemies who surround me. I will offer sacrifices in his dwelling place and shout for joy. I will sing praises to the Lord. Proverbs 6, 20-26 My child, guard the commands of your father. And do not forsake the instruction of your mother. Bind them on your heart continually. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you wake up, they will talk to you. For the commandments are like a lamp. Instruction is like a light. And rebukes of discipline are like the road leading to life. By keeping you from the evil woman from the smooth tongue of the loose woman. 
Do not lust in your heart for her beauty, and do not let her captivate you with her alluring eyes. For on account of a prostitute one is brought down to a loaf of bread. But the wife of another man preys on your precious life. Okay, so in the book of Exodus, God has delivered his people, right? They got to the other side of the Red Sea, but that didn't really put them anywhere. That put them in the middle of the wilderness. And so God guided his people out into the open wilderness, not in any way the direct route to the promised land. But there was work to be done because, as we've already mentioned, these people, even though they were chosen by God and we have this Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob story, it's been 430 years, right? So they've been slaves for centuries. Nobody that's alive out there in the wilderness can remember anything else. So serving the Egyptians, being Egyptian slaves, this is their identity. And that's going to have to change because God wants to set them apart and make them holy. And he chose the wilderness to be the backdrop for that work to be done, to change their identity, right? the identity from slavery to freedom, to chosen. And if we pause for a moment, we realize this is, this is, this is a moment for us because it's not going to come any easier for us than it did for them. And we think about the wilderness in our lives and we hate it. I absolutely despise wilderness seasons. And, uh, you know, the longer ones, I mean, we all go through this stuff. Things that just take time to go through, figure out, understand, decipher, discern. But I have found... And I imagine if you think about it, maybe you found as well that we hate it. But some of the most important things that happen in our life happen in the wilderness. And the wilderness doesn't really give us any wiggle room because we can't get ourselves out. And we find out what we're trusting in. And we learn, as the children of Israel do, that we can grumble all we want and long for slavery all we want, but there's only one way to go if we want to be free, and that's forward. And to go forward, we're going to have to go where we don't know. And trust is vital for the children of Israel to know God because it's vital for us to know God, which seems to be why the wilderness is where so much of our character and our identity gets formed. And what we see as we're moving into the wilderness is that God is providing. And so he provides water, but then a month later, they're hungry. And so they're like, if God had just killed us back in Egypt, we sat around pots with meat and we ate bread you brought us out into the wilderness to starve to death. We can look at them and go, that grumbling people, if they just trust in God, until we understand this is the lesson for us. We're doing the same thing. It's like jarring to hear the grumbling of, of the children of Israel out of the Bible when we've just watched the kind of power and authority that was on display to bring them into freedom. So they're like, we're reading the story 
and we're like, guys, don't you understand? You're in the middle of a miracle. Like this, this promise has taken centuries to come about. And so it's weird to watch them lamenting about the, like the days when they were in slavery around the campfires in Egypt. But it should kind of, it should disrupt us because of how familiar it all starts to sound when we look at it in terms of our own lives. When we're in the wilderness seasons, like all we can think is, how do I get out? And the grumbling, I mean, it comes natural, right? But if we understand that identity is shifting, the deepest parts of our character are being challenged, we're actually growing and that we're being set apart and made holy, then it's hard to miss the purpose. I don't know, I can only speak for myself. Like I've walked through lots of wilderness things with lots of people and witnessed lots of things in life, in the life of ministry, but I have just personally found that God may be guiding us. It's gentle, it's deliberate, it's through the desert. Because the things that are clinging to us that we trust in for our own strength, in our own strength, for our own protection. He wants us to trust him so that we can go anywhere and do anything for all that we are and all that will ever be. Because we're not slaves to anything anymore. We're not slaves to sin. But we're also not slaves to culture. We're not slaves to everything around us that tells us this is how it has to be done. We're not slaves to anything. We're chosen by God. And sometimes it takes the wilderness for all the facades and all the lies that we tell ourselves and all the stuff that, that we just chase after for that to just fall away. So if you find yourself there, uh, then keep going. Keep going because it's not purposeless. And actually, when, when we think back upon our wilderness journeys, none of us think back fondly about what we've had to go through, maybe even trauma that we've had to go through that's just impossible. But at some point, we reach a, a place where we understand that we can we can make meaning out of this or we can stay stuck in this. We'll see that the children of Israel get that opportunity as well, whether to move forward or to stay stuck. And we'll see how that plays out in the days ahead. And so, Father, we invite you, we invite your Holy Spirit to us now. Some of us are in the thick of it, in the middle of the wilderness. Some of us are just, we can feel it coming on. We're going to go into a dry season some of us are gasping for breath. Some of us are coming out of stuff. We're just always in process. And we need you because interpreting the things that are going on, we try to interpret them for ourselves and make all kinds of assumptions and we estrange ourselves from you. We distance ourselves from you when you're the one that's holding it all together. And so we come to you and we reaffirm our trust in you. You are the source of life and you are fathering us and you will not let us go. Even as we move through growth seasons that feel like wilderness, 
Come, Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That is home base. It's the website. It's where you find out what's going on around here. The Daily Audio Bible app will do that and a lot more. And just search for, well, just search for Daily Audio Bible in the app store that works with your phone or tablet. And you should be able to find it. And go from there. Check out like the community section. That's where the prayer wall is. Check out the Daily Audio Bible shop. That's where resources are for our journey through the year together around the global campfire. And if you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link on the homepage, dailyaudiobible.com. Or if you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, family. This message is for our brother in Ohio. Um, Brother, I'm sorry I did not write your name down uh, when I was listening to the community prayers, but you said that you had ruptured your quadricep. And um, so I just wanted to pray for you. Father God, the 22nd has already passed um, for when our our beloved brother was supposed to have surgery, Lord. But we trust that you provided the medical staff and care team um, to perform the perfect surgery to allow for this quadricep to be reattached. And um, God, we're just praying over recovery for our brother. Uh, We pray that this time would be one of deep intimacy and dependence on you. Lord, he stated that he had so many plans and and don't we all, we have so many plans and your plans are better. And so would you change his heart and his just his perception of everything that's taking place to be a a beautiful time of just dependence on you and a time of rest um, to grow deeper with you, Lord. Uh, May he not become frustrated, but that you would give him the endurance to get through physical therapy and that you would allow this muscle to heal um, perfectly, Lord. Would you restore it back to even better health than was before? Um, But again, Lord, we trust you. We trust you in this situation. And God, we pray for, we pray for your understanding of this situation. We pray for your um, just reliance on you um, and just great encouragement during this time for him, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Hello, this is Minita. I was listening to some other divers um, that called in for prayer. And I feel in my heart to encourage them and, and, and remind them that we love you guys and that we care. And uh, of course, we will um, pray alongside with you. We come before the, the throne of God, praying for um um, Tutsi uh, from Central Texas called in, uh, praying for her, asking for prayer for her son-in-law that is in ICU.
Um, God, I come before your presence thanking you, dear God, for my diverse, my sweet siblings. Father God, I pray I come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. You know what they're going through, dear God. Father, this extremely rare situation that he's going through, Father God, I pray that you visit him, that you show yourself strong in these people's lives, dear Father God. They're your children. You love them and you care for them, dear Father. I pray complete healing, dear Father. You are Jehovah Rapha. Lord, I ask you, dear God, that you please help him to enjoy, give him life, a long life, Father God, so that he can enjoy his baby and uh, he enjoy his wife. Father, I pray for strength, that you give to see uh, a lot of strength and peace, dear God. Um, you are in control of this family and you love them. I thank you. I thank you for, for them in Jesus' name. I also pray for um, uh, my sister, Bunny, in Northern California. Um, thank you. Thank you for praying with us every day. Um, I also will lift your friend who had a mild stroke. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing. Encourage her heart, dear God. Show yourself strong in her life also. Give wisdom and guidance to them in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, sister. Good morning, family. It's Beloved in Bakersfield. Just calling on January 30th. I wanted to just call in and thank Susan from Canada for your wonderful encouragement on today's um, podcast. Um, I just thank you and want to thank God for the ways that he's worked in your life and how your life is such a beautiful testimony to God's faithfulness and how he can change our hearts to align with his will um, despite the the dark circumstances and the and the valleys and yet he is our our shepherd and our rod and our staff that comforts us and so um, I just thank you for sharing your testimony of losing both your husbands and um, having um, sight impairment now and um, caring for your son with cancer of just how God is making beauty out of um, bleak circumstances. So thank you for encouraging us today just to see um, God's goodness and resting in him and that we can do it no matter what circumstances come our way. Um, and I, I also wanted to pray for the first time caller who was also a part of the end of the prayer request today for his marriage, Lord. Um, may he too be able to see your goodness um, in this situation. Father, we pray for the the hardness of heart for his wife, Lord, that you would just melt that away, that she would return to her first love. And um, may that be you, Lord, um, and that in that she her heart would just be changed for her family and for her husband. Father, bring her back. Um, break this family of any shame. Um, break any cords that are not going to um, bind this family for um, your glory. This is for the brother who called on January 30th regarding his 12-year marriage and his wife not sure if she wants to stay in the marriage. Brother, in the name of Jesus, I pray that he brings restoration to your marriage, that he allows your wife to see you the way she saw you when you first got married. Please know, brother, that we are here for you, that we will pray for you so that your marriage becomes new again. In Jesus we pray. Amen.